0: From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on September 26, 2023 in South Carolina Public Radio studios here in Columbia. Sorry this is a little late, folks, but that's because we were at the rally for Donald Trump in Somerville, that's right, on Monday. And we heard from several of his dedicated supporters, which you will hear from in a moment. We also look at new early voting data that has those in Haley World breaking out in song. I can't verify that, but I have to assume. As the former governor is having a moment. She loves music. And Scott Morgan has a piece for us on the end of a COVID-era funding mechanism for childcare. And the lead loves hearing from everyone. We have a lot of folks in the hopper right now. That doesn't mean you can't call. Keep calling 803-563-7169. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, Give us some hot takes. Give us some ideas what you want to hear about. Uh, good, bad, and different. We love hearing from you guys. Taylor Swift, Brian Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. A lot of stuff to talk about (laughs) that we don't care really about, but unless you do. In which case, let us know, 803-563-7169. They don't care about the four criminal indictments. They don't care for other candidates in the race, whom they consider weak. They don't even care about standing in the sun for hours to hear their leader, former President Donald Trump, speak for some 40 minutes Monday afternoon in Somerville. These are Trump voters who make up the unyielding 40 to 50 percent he has in every South Carolina and early state poll, including more recently a national public affairs poll that has the former president at 46 percent here in South Carolina. Both a Fox Business and Washington Post Monmouth poll of South Carolina primary voters has Trump at 46%. In Iowa, his numbers average 48%, and New Hampshire, 44%. And his people, they love it.
1: He's the man. Why can't, what else to say? <laughs> He's the man. <laughs> we absolutely
2: love him, and uh, we're not gonna back down from supporting him.
3: He's just actually getting stronger and stronger. He's just warming up.
2: They just don't have the same like energy that Trump does. They don't invoke that leader kind of sense. When I see them, you know, I think, hey, they make great politicians, but not leaders.
4: I think it's gonna make him stronger. The people love Trump. And they wanted to stay here. They thought they were only gonna have 300 to 500 people. Look at the turnout. It's crazy.
0: That was just a smattering of the folks that attended the rally on Monday. Trump draws a crowd like no one else in the field, and folks in that crowd are all in on the guy. In that mashup clip a moment ago, you heard Kyle Clifford talking about leadership, and that's a theme I heard from a lot of folks. But here's Kyle again talking about when he first came around to supporting Trump.
2: Well, I would say at the very beginning, when Trump first raced, you know, I was the first one in my family to say, hey, that's kind of the guy you want to support. You know, and sure, there was a couple others that were pretty good, you know, and uh, it's just they didn't, they didn't give me the sense of like, hey, that's a leader than Trump did. Because most of the time during debates and other things, he would dominate them and maybe in, you know, he would say things or do things that maybe some people find a little distasteful. But I think that's kind of still important in a leader. I don't want a nice guy as my leader. I want someone who will take charge of things regardless. And that's... What I think a lot of people miss is they want someone who will just give them things and, you know, it's all about them, but you want to see it as a country. What does Trump want the U.S. to become? You know, even if maybe his plans or things he does might be aggressive early on, I, I see his future and he keeps talking about, you know, things that he wants the U.S. to become.
0: I spoke with Glenn McCracken of Somerville after I got some video of his brother's shirt, which featured Trump's mugshot and the words, never surrender. The back of Glenn's shirt read, not vaccinated, fully protected, and there was an image of an AR-15 and American flag. Glenn spoke to me about how he came to support Trump.
3: 2016, what got me. I like the, the, the setting points that he had. You hear all these other politicians, but I had a gut feeling when he kept speaking. He was going to actually deliver what he did, and he finally did. A president finally did what he said he was going to do. And now he's want to do more, and he, I promise you, he'll, he'll make it happen.
0: So a little bit similar there to Kyle Clifford. And like those two, Cindy Roberts has been an unwavering Trump supporter since the beginning. She also is the Colleton County Chapter Chair of Moms for Liberty, a nonprofit group that supports parental rights and education. Here's Cindy saying that she stands for Trump herself as Moms for Liberty does not endorse candidates.
4: Uh, Cindy Roberts loves Donald Trump. (laughs) I'm just gonna tell you, Cindy Roberts loves Donald Trump and uh, I've supported him from day one and I will continue to support him because of everything that he stood for with our police officers, with our families, with um, just with everything regarding the family. He's very strong and I believe he's the strongest candidate when it comes to family values.
0: Michael Radz said he's tired of seeing higher crime rates, misguided inner-city youth, and illegal immigration running rampant. He said that he would be a martyr if needed to, to show the freedoms he sees that have been lost under Democratic rule.
3: You know, I, mean, I say January 6th. I mean, I, I wish I'd have gone. You know, I really, really would have. I mean, just because, I mean, I just, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to enough, and I mean, we the people, I mean, that's our house. You know what I mean? Like, we have the right to take that back. We have the right to, to overthrow our government. I mean, I don't have to sit here and, you know, listen to a, to a boss that sits here and, uh, um, takes advantage of me at work and abuses whatever it may be. I mean, would you sit at work and deal with that? We have 10,000 people holding down 360 million. That's an average of 36,000 people per one politician. How are we not, you know, stopping it? How are we allowing it, allowing it to happen?
0: Debbie Garlett, who moved to South Carolina from New Jersey two years ago, wore matching cowboy hats and flag motif t-shirts with two friends from New Jersey who were visiting.
2: How you doing?
0: She, like everyone else I spoke with, said that the four indictments and state and federal charges levied against Trump only empower him and make him stronger. They say he is fighting for them and that sacrifice only endears him further to them. Here's why Trump is Debbie's candidate.
2: Because he never should have been out. the country was doing great when he was the president. Uh, he stood for everything moral, uh, and he still does. Uh, we are living in an in evil time right now. Um, I can't even believe it's like the epitome of evil. But he's not having any of it, no matter what it is, He's is. Keep, he'll keep those borders shut. He'll keep the children safe. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just we're living in a, It's an atrocity what's happening in this world.
0: Trump landed in Charleston shortly after noon on Monday. Before heading to Sportsman Boats in Somerville, he popped into his campaign headquarters in North Charleston and stopped by Palmetto State Armory in Somerville, where he looked at guns. And a campaign spokesman mistakenly said that Trump bought a Glock with his likeness on it, but that was later clarified. Trump said he wanted to buy it and posed with it. Federal gun laws prohibit those under federal indictment from purchasing a firearm. Like his last visit to the state for the annual South Carolina Republican Party Silver Elephant Fundraising Dinner, Trump again scored big endorsements. This time from Attorney General Alan Wilson, Secretary of State Mark Hammond, House Majority Leader Davey Hyatt, and Assistant Majority Leader Jay West. Somerville Republican Representative Robbie Robbins also endorsed. Following a tour at Sportsman Boats in Somerville, he spoke for about 40 minutes before a crowd of some 2,000 people That's my math, those are my eyes, folks. I think it's 2000, at least 2000. Not bad for a Monday afternoon. Here's Trump talking about whether President Joe Biden will make it to the election and what any other potential Democratic candidates would mean for Trump.
1: And maybe he makes it to the gate. I don't know if he makes it to the gate. I don't think it even matters anymore because they have been so destructive to our country, what they've done as a party, that I don't even think it matters. Who are they gonna put in? A guy from California that's destroyed that state? They're going to put in Kamala Kamala actually our numbers are better against Kamala than they are against Joe so maybe we'd like Kamala too but 2024 is our final battle with you at my side we will demolish the deep state we will expel the warmongers get them all out of our government we will drive out the globalists we will cast out the communists the Marxists the fascists And we will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media. Those people right there, they're fake, so many of them.
0: Yes, you heard him again use that same language like we heard at his rally in Pickens and elsewhere. Beating up on the news media isn't new for Trump, but the language has become a little bit more worrisome and borderline what tyrants and authoritarian leaders use. For example, in part of a Truth Social post recently, he said, quote, When I win the presidency of the United States, they and others of the lamestream media will be thoroughly scrutinized for their knowingly dishonest and corrupt coverage of people, things, and events. The fake news media should pay a big price for what they have done to our once great country, quote. Unclear what a lot of that means. But at one point in his speech, Trump mentioned his support for politicians, but then called out other politicians for cheating and being part of the swamp something his supporters praise him for discussing and calling out, even though it's very much a two-way street.
1: And uh, we're beating uh, everybody by a lot. I mean, it's just been an incredible thing. And I just want to thank a lot of the people sitting up front. Some of them are such good politicians that have helped me that they're way in the back. They're not sitting up front. They don't want to be up front, Russell. They want to be in the back. I don't know. I think they're pretty good politicians, too. But we're. Uh, I just want to thank everybody here and everybody all over because you've been incredible. Because it's important that we win. You know, the way you really win, they cheat like hell. That's all they're good at is cheating in elections. That's the only thing they do. Well, they cheat like hell. And the way you win is you got to swamp them. There's a point at which the cheating doesn't work and we're going to have to swamp them. They rigged the presidential election of 2020 and we're not going to allow them to rig the presidential election of 2024. Not going to allow it Oh, we're not going to have a country.
0: There was no rigged 2020 election, just to clarify, there's no evidence of voter fraud in the safe, free, and fair elections of 2020. In fact, Trump and others have been indicted for tampering with the election in Georgia and moving to throw out the results on January 6th. But Trump has come under fire recently for other misstatements, including saying he beat President Barack Obama in the 2016 race, when he beat Hillary Clinton, and that President Joe Biden will lead us into World War II, which ended on September 2nd, 1945. On Monday, Trump said former Florida Governor Jeb Bush, who he faced in the 2016 primary, was the reason the U.S. invaded Iraq and Afghanistan. That would have been his brother, George W. Bush. Here's Trump.
1: You know, the beauty was when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what? He was a military. He got us into the uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out? Right. But they all thought that uh, Bush might win, Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used, he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. But we came here and everyone thought, remember he brought his mother here, his wonderful mother. She was 94 years old and it was pouring. And they're wheeling her around and it's raining and horrible. I said, who would do that to your mother at 94 years old? How desperate are you to win? But we, we beat them by like 40 points.
0: And just to clarify again, Trump beat Bush by 25 points in the 2016 South Carolina primary. In fact, Trump even tried to take credit for creating the first in the South primary, which if you've listened to our SE 2024 episodes, you know that wasn't the case.
1: You are the first in the South primary. Do you ever hear that term, first in the South? Do you know that, Russell? Is that a big deal, I guess, right? I kept you there, so you should be a big deal. I think I'll take credit, it's a big deal. But it is a big deal. You're highly respected as a state. Get everyone you know. Make sure they are registered to vote and get them out on Saturday, February 24th. It's a big time.
0: Now, you may remember in our August 8th episode, recapping Trump's speech before some 1,000 folks at the Silver Elephant fundraiser, where he mentioned his hatred for offshore wind turbines and his theory that they're affecting whales that have washed up on beaches. Well, on Monday, Trump addressed a different whale issue speed limits. Here's some background. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration currently states that all vessels 65 feet or longer must travel at 10 knots or less in certain locations called seasonal management areas. This is along the U.S. East Coast at certain times of the year to reduce the threat of vessel collisions with endangered North Atlantic right whales. The entire coast of South Carolina is a seasonal management area from November 1st through April 30th. This is all from NOAA, by the way. Now, after a public comment period... NOAA proposed extending the speed limit down to 35-footers and above. The Republican-controlled House Appropriation Committee moved to block NOAA's speed limit rules from getting into effect until more monitoring technology was available. So I say all that to say here's what Trump had to say about the whales.
1: The windmills are driving them crazy. They're They're driving the whales, I think, a little batty and they're washing up on shore at levels never seen before, and they want to stop your boats one in 50 years. Can you imagine that? The Biden speed limit will demolish the charter fishing business, crush boat manufacturers, and desecrate your cherished low-country traditions. It's going to desecrate those traditions. That's why, today, I'm announcing that when I'm reelected, on day one, I will cancel Biden's ridiculous speed limit regulation. Day one. Day one. First day. We will take care of the whales, but we will also take care of the workers, the boaters, the fishermen of South Carolina. We'll take good care of them, all of them, including the whale. For that reason, I will also rescind and revise Biden's absurd restrictions on recreational fishing, including red snapper and bottom fishing. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know what that means, Henry? I don't know. Do you? Are you a fisherman, Henry? He knows what it means. you
0: now, Trump will not be attending the debate on Wednesday at President Ronald Reagan's library in California. California. But let's look at the current field and some recent polling out last week that has those in Haleyland smiling bigly Data. heading into this second debate. Now, I mentioned that National Public Affairs poll of likely South Carolina Republican voters at the top, which found Haley has surged to second place at 21%, well out of the 3.3% margin of error and out of reach of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis at 13%. Earlier polling this month by Fox Business and Washington Post's Monmouth University poll have former Governor Haley pulling at 18% in South Carolina. That's the first time she's hit that mark since a Winthrop poll in April. But unlike that poll, both of these put her squarely in second place behind former President Donald Trump, who registered again at a solid 46% in both. Now also in the Fox Business News poll, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis came in at third with 10% and Senator Tim Scott fourth at 9%. And those two swapped in the Washington Post poll. So a lot of polling data, but now you know who's where. A lot to watch as we watch the debate Wednesday night. Okay, a lot of Trump, a lot of politics, but Scott Morgan with South Carolina Public Radio has this report on the end of a COVID-era program that supported child care programs in South Carolina and
3: across the country. Take a listen. A uh, quarter pounder with cheese and a small fries, please. quarter pounder with cheese and small fries. Did you know that the median starting salary to work full-time at McDonald's in this state is just over $22,000 a year? People who work in child care know that.
5: Our competition is fast food.
3: Meredith Burton is the director of the Child Development Center at Furman University. She's also the public policy chair for the South Carolina Association for the Education of Young Children.
4: Literally, I can interview somebody and an hour later they can be three blocks up the street at McDonald's being offered a signing bonus and more money hourly than I can pay. It's a real problem.
3: And that's the root of why so many in the child care field are so worried about the end of this month because that's when federal COVID-era funding to support child care centers goes away.
4: Now's the time to reauthorize and make permanent these funds that were made available during the pandemic.
3: Ann Warner was the CEO of the South Carolina Women's Rights and Empowerment Network, or SCREN, until she stepped into another job just this week. She's talking about the $24 billion given to all 50 states three years ago to help keep child care work afloat. She says that infusion of cash into the industry was acknowledgement of how fundamental childcare is to the American economy.
4: The pandemic laid all that bare for all to see just how much our entire society relies on the childcare sector.
3: The $955 million South Carolina received from ARPA, the American Recovery Plan Act, went a long way towards buoying the industry. For one thing, it allowed childcare centers to cover and raise salaries which, on average in South Carolina, are also about $22,000 a year. And the job requires certifications and education that working in the fast food or retail sector does not. The money also helps child care centers make renovations and upgrades and offer low- or no-cost tuition for parents who don't make enough to cover the average six dollars to $7,000 a year it costs to place a child in proper care facilities. Now, with federal money gone, many in the child care field worry that small businesses that spent ARPA money on ways to improve livelihoods and access to child care won't be able to operate without the boost. That pandemic
4: money was just such a huge help to a system that was already struggling even before the pandemic.
3: Amanda McDougald Scott is a child care industry researcher and consultant in Greenville.
4: Taking that money back away... Is just going to have a devastating effect on child care, I'm afraid.
3: Few, though, including McDougald Scott, are expecting another round of federal money to keep things going. And some predictions about how bad things will get without more consistent federal money are dire.
4: There's some research that was done by the Century Foundation that showed that about 618 centers are estimated to be closing in South Carolina, which would affect about 50,000 children.
3: DSS, the South Carolina Department of Social Services, manages that ARPA money and has allocated almost three-quarters of it so far.
4: DSS is currently using ARPA funds to cover the cost of background checks because that's something that providers had to do for every employee.
3: Conley Ann Ragley is the chief external affairs officer for DSS.
4: So we are taking on those fees we're also taking on the fees of relicensure because we know that child care centers operate on very thin margins. We're encouraging providers to do wage increases or wage supplements for their employees to give them signing bonuses or to give them retention bonuses.
3: Ragley disputes that data from the Century Foundation report that McDougal Scott mentioned, by the way. She says DSS was never contacted and that the sample size taken of child care centers in the state is too small to draw such sweeping conclusions. She does agree that the child care industry nationally is in a bad way, but she also says that the answer is about more than money.
4: Does money fix all of the problems? I don't think so. Does money magically open child care centers and provide the employees to work in them? No. So... For someone just to say that money is the answer and, you know, if we were to receive state or federal dollars that money is just going to magically clean up the child care crisis in South Carolina and across the country, I would say no.
3: Ragley points to legacy child care providers established long before any ARPA funds came along as proof that a pool of federal money is not necessary to operate a successful business. She also says private companies should be taking the lead to provide child care for employees on site which some already do, but that also does raise further questions about which employers could afford to offer that, where they might be based, and which employees making what salaries will have access to that kind of perk.
0: Thanks for the report, Scott. You can find that story and more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Welcome to the wind-down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. This is our chance to talk about talk about all things not news-related, maybe some news, give people a break. <laughs> if you don't like it, if you don't like it,
5: stop listening now. <laughs> but oh. if you do, keep listening. Yes. Uh, we're going to give you a break right here. A.T. I'm A.T. Jire. way. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, so we're going to give you a break right here. If you want to shut it off right now, okay, here's your chance. Break me off a piece of that S.C. Lee. S.C. Lee. Okay. Here we are, Gavin and we're only okay. here with people who love us implicitly. <laughs> so, anyway, Gavin, ha- oh, it's so good to take this little break <laughs> from the news. Oh, I'm, doing it, yeah, I'm doing a Jiminy Glick. Um, <laughs> anyway, Gavin, we got a call, we got a few calls. That doesn't mean stop, it means keep going. Mm. Make me make these decisions on what calls that I'm gonna play, okay? So anyway, Gavin, are you ready? Yeah, we need a train whistle. I got a boat horn, does boat horn work? Okay, here we go. There we go. Okay. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Yes. Please.
4: Hi, this is Lee and Easley. I heard you guys talking about how you're Eastern time zone snobs. Well, I want to tell you, when it comes to enjoying a night at home, if you're going to have your entertainment be broadcast TV, you can't beat the central time zone. You have one less hour of reruns before the prime time starts at 7 o'clock. It's actually not too late to watch the local news at 10, and you can watch the Tonight Show and Saturday Night Live and still be in bed by midnight, not to mention the political debates. I just thought I'd put my two cents in, and you can go on enjoying your Eastern Time Zone. I've put up with it for 34 years, and I'll continue to manage, but uh, I think the Central Time Zone is still better for broadcast TV watching. Thanks.
0: Lee from Easley with the absolute great point about yes. TV programming in the central time zone versus the east time zone.
5: I can't I can't think of another argument that I would. Oh, my God. I would allow fly. You know what I mean? You're <laughs> I right. That. You're right. You're correct. I think I think, Lee, you are right. Yeah. So I mean but we were so disoriented in yes. central time zone. We couldn't even figure out how the TVs worked. I've flown <laughs> i I was so out of it I couldn't even figure out how to turn it on. Ah it's, it's the remotes are different. I've I've the flown, TVs are different. I've flown to LA, I've I've had bigger time zone differences, but going into that central yeah. time zone Ugh. that whooped me. Just enough. It's just terrible. But I will I mean I've been I've been to Europe. I've been Gavin has been, been, been to, to Eurasia <laughs> Nothing messes you up like the Central Times. It doesn't. It is is the worst. But I I can agree. So the Eagles played at 7 yesterday Mm -hmm. on Monday night. 7 Eastern. 7 Eastern, let's be specific, because there were two games. And that means the game ended at 10 p.m., which was nice. And so it can go to this. And it does bring me to my next point that I had a perfect football week this past week. And I know Gavin doesn't care about this at all, but he does care in the way that I'm in a good mood today. The <laughs> smile. I haven't seen the smiles return to his face in so long. This has been really good for him. <laughs> so on Thursday, the Giants lose. Go Birds! And then Saturday, Gamecocks win. Go Cocks. Go Birds! Clemson loses. <laughs> Amazing day. Then Sunday, Commanders lose, Gavin. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Go, and then Sunday afternoon, Dallas loses. I support Go that. Birds. And then Monday, Eagles win. I program. mean, I mean, this is this is
0: amazing luck for me. Part of the uh, At Shire football sports universe, where we're just happy that he's happy. Thank you. Yes. But you know, we're gonna call us now for the Clemson thing. Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, that's fine. I and mean, the Commanders. Come at me, me up here, folks. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Uh, you love to see it.
5: You know, also some big news in the football world A.T. Oh God, I don't even have really heard wanna, of this? I don't ATM, even ATM, really want to talk this? about this. This is the news coming into the little break from the news. Okay, <laughs> Gavin, of course, is talking about uh, Taylor Swift attending a Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. And to see her bow. I'm so sure that we're gonna have Amy or Abby or Mayan on to 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 chide me about this, but I don't think any of this is real. Oh. Okay. I'm so outside of this that Cynical, I don't think that say. I don't think any of it is real. Uh someone can call in and correct me if they feel uh so inclined. You have just Activated the Swift Hive. (laughs) And I'm fearful for our podcast. I I truly believe. I think there's something. I think there's happiness. I think that Sunday was the first time that they actually met. I also think that uh it is a giant PR stunt. uh, And everyone is talking about it like he's a Prince Charming Mm -hmm. and like fairy tales are real. Yes. And I'm like, all right, everyone needs to listen to themselves a little bit. I got a blank space, baby. I'll write your name. I just, quote, I, I, Taylor Swift. I, I don't know what that's from. We all want her to be happy. I don't care about healthy. the happiness of billionaires at all. And um, I don't care about celebrity <laughs> culture, period. That's true. I know. But I don't see, I don't know why you're in on this
0: because I, I think you're just too cynical. <laughs> And I think we should let them be happy. And if someone's happy, I'm gonna let them be happy.
5: I love the Kelseys. I want to be on record that I love the Kelseys. Yeah, and if and if it's real, I hope that it's good. You we know? lost
0: a mega couple with Tom and Giselle. So the we NFL need, needs this. We, there's a void, and we need filling. <laughs> and America needs this. I it's just like we need a Brad Pitt in a Jennifer Aniston or a Reese Witherspoon. That's with from a Ryan so Philippe. long
5: ago. I know the people want that. A-T. they They're they're thirsty. You think I for don't it. know
0: what America wants? <laughs> <laughs>
5: so I, I have a podcast. I have a podcast. <laughs> I think I know a thing or two about what
3: America wants. But yes,
5: I'm I'm firmly in the in the camp that this is a giant PR stunt, and everyone's like, she doesn't need any more PR. But I I just want to point out that she's obviously addicted to attention. Oh, yeah, so they're all celebrities. <laughs> they're That's all celebrities. That, I'm just saying, every last one of them is addicted to you paying attention and talking about them, even if all you do is pay attention and talk to them. Okay, they want more. enough of this. Oh, and okay. I love you all. You oh yes, go, go birds, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, have a good week. Ugh, Gavin, say goodbye. That was just goodbye. a
0: brutal little screed of a wind-down section and I apologize for that folks. But please give us a shout, uh turn some cynical hearts in, of stone into to love. And the wind-down at 803-563-7169, like Lee did from Easily with that great point about the central time zone. And uh you can always leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We've been getting some great reviews there. A lot of you uh really showing support for that episode that we did on abortion with Scott. Uh, we'll try and do some more of that in the future. And you can stay up date with the latest news on SCETV.org and South Carolina Public Radio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Uh, yeah, I've read the starry decisives on rubber v. glue. <laughs> this guy. Uh, it was preceded by Sticks v. Stones. An ongoing lawsuit in the orthopedic community.